stick around because after their Clarita interview ends, Dusty comes in and we do some Q&A. People made fun of me. They laughed at me. They, they criticized me. They said, you're wasting your time when I turn pro to 143 pounds. They said, your career is over. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 71 of It's Just Bodybuilding. Dusty Hanshaw's not on the call yet, but he's coming. But we're very happy because today we have the 212 Olympia champion, Sean Clarita, returning to the show on It's Just Bodybuilding. Man, that feels damn good to hear that, that title. <laughs> yeah, no, I imagine I, I it, you just blew everyone away with how you looked, man. Like it, it was crazy. And and I have to say to you, congratulations on winning the title when Kamal was at his very best and improved. Yeah, absolutely. He, it was definitely a nail biter. Um, it was it was close, man. I had no idea how it was gonna go. Knowing that he's this is you can't you just start walking to a show and beat the champ, especially if he's on and he was absolutely on and better. Um, yeah, he was definitely improved, definitely better. He was still that trademark crazy condition that he's known for, and uh, we just didn't know to be honest with you. We just wanted to be able to present the best me, and we made sure to dial it in for both the morning and the night show and let the chips fall as they may. I'm actually a bit refreshed to hear you say that you didn't know. Because, you know, some guys are like, I knew I was going to win a month out. Yeah. And you're like, you're going up against Kamal and you're going up against George and like it can, a lot can happen. And, you know, I'm I, I just wondering, you know, what was the mindset going into the show? I mean, you knew you looked good. Yeah, no, coming off of third place last year, um, I knew that if I had improved, which I was, um, put the size on that was needed, that I would definitely be in a mix. But again, you know, going to the show, there's a lot of hype around, obviously, George and Kamal being a champion and, and Derek Lunsford, obviously. Again, the goal was just coming to my absolute best, bigger, better improve. And I knew that I made the improvements that was needed, and I was for sure going to be in the mix. Um, my goal was to get into the first call out. And once I was in that first call out, I was just ready to work. Man, so uh, it's hard to know when to start when you got to win, like, where to start when you got to win like this. Yeah. Let's Let's start with, let's get this stuff out of the way first. Because I feel like this is going to be the stuff that, that a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of guys that really want to hear this stuff. Okay. And then we can get to the more cerebral cerebral stuff. <laughs> First of all, the size you added. Yeah. Now, was that all new muscle or were you a little flat last year or did you just come in better and more hydrated? Like, what was that weight? That was all new muscle. Um, I, I, I attribute that to we really increased my food this offseason and, uh, and really, really got, got to training really hard this year. Obviously, with COVID going on, um, you know, gyms are closed. But luckily for me, I had an awesome friend named Scott who has a private gym. And his gym is just old school dumbbells and barbells. And I was forced to kind of go back to the old school way of training barbell rowing, dumbbell rowing, squatting. I had no fancy machines. I had no cables. It was all free weight equipment. And literally within like three or four months, my body just soaked it all up. It just grew, got harder, got thicker. And I got up to my heaviest weight this off season. So last year for the, for the Olympia, I got up to 190. And I died it down to 169 for Olympia. This year, I got up to my heaviest, which was 200, 201. And we died it down to obviously that 177 on stage. Two bills. 
Yeah, two bills, right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, um, so so with with the size, you said you're eating a lot more food. Give yeah. us an idea what is actually going in you the last couple of days. You were so full. So it was good that, um, you know, my coach, obviously, Matt Jansen, was there. Usually he's got four or five competitors in the show. Um, this year it was just me, just because of timing and the way things look, the schedule. Um, so it was good for us. He actually came down on um, – he was there Sunday, and he literally stayed with me the entire time in the house, and he would kind of check on me hour by hour. Um, so that last week it was literally meal by meal. Um, so I can give you a kind of rough estimate. We were eating just fish turkey and beef as my protein sources and uh all we had were rice cakes and white rice as my carb sources and that was it and um beginning of the week we're eating a more, little bit more protein a lot less carbs um kind of just trying to dry out a little bit more and the water's pretty high around i would say wednesday that's when we started reversing things and decreasing the protein increasing my carbs and cutting the water and then that's when things really got funky and started really seeing a lot more lines and separation and detail and then Thursday before the show, it was pretty much, you know, pretty much no food almost. I feel like, you know, we were still eating a lot of carbs, but very little water, um, very little protein, because at that point in time, we don't really need the protein. Um, and we just kind of just ate, posed, relaxed, and that was it the entire time. It's it's funny how things have changed so much. There's, You know, in the old days, there used to be like, I mean, back in the 80s, it used to be cut water like Thursday, like you don't even drink anything. Yeah. And but so when you say reduce water, how much water are you taking in on Thursday? Well, that was pretty much pretty much it as well. So Thursday, I was I think I had a total of oof, <laughs> 20 ounces, I think, of water like all day, I feel like. So it'd be four ounces with this meal and four ounces with this meal then 12 ounces here. And that was pretty much it. We had pretty much no water on Thursday. Really, really. And then it's funny because now you got guys saying like they come in fully hydrated to look their driest. It's crazy. This doesn't yeah. work for you, though, eh? No, I'm the opposite, man. You can cut my water Thursday. Um, I'm one of those guys that doesn't need a lot of food or also to fill out. So you can pull my food, you can pull my water, and I'm still able to retain that fullness. But when you do put in a little bit of food and you decrease the water, for me personally, my, everything just kind of just blows up uh, in a good way. Let's talk about the, the COVID training that everyone had to go through. There, There's, I mean, some people have been just straight hoop. They haven't had any place to train some people like have had a commercial gym with a private key you know yeah and so so tell us about the gym you were in you said it was all barbells and dumbbells like how limited like 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 you just had a squat rack and dumbbells or what were you using so it was actually it was actually in, the, in like in a base like in a if you look at it from the front you don't even know it's a gym it's like in the back of a building you have to go up some stairs that has no windows no nothing in it i have a little key card i swipe in whenever i want to go so you walk in, it's literally dumbbell rack that goes from five to 120 pound dumbbells. Uh, we have one squat rack. We've got a barbell, a bench press, a decline. Uh, we had a Smith machine uh, and, and a leg press. And I think we had a treadmill. And that was pretty much it. So all my movements were based around the Smith machine, the barbell, and the dumbbells. Literally, and I, and I got through. Again, I was doing all the basic camera curls, you know, lateral raises with the dumbbells. You know, barbell rowing with, you know, with the barbell, obviously, for back, uh, rack pulls, squatting, basic stuff. That was it. Yeah. And how long, what what months were you in there before? Because you got back into the gym mm -hmm. over time, right? Um, at what point were you back in the gym? 
So I was in that gym. Uh, my friend Scott gym from March till about, uh, I'll say late August. Wow. Yeah. Because there were a few guys in the show that I thought you could kind of see the COVID. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they, they, you could tell they had a hard time with, with access or maybe the first half of the year was just shit or something like that. Yeah. But you, man, you, you look like, you look like you went and lived on another planet for four months. <laughs> I know? Well, like I did me being in that gym, man, but it was great. Like, again, I've gone on record and said this many times, this, this has probably been my best off season ever and training there. And it kind of, again, it has brought me back to the bare bones, basic movements that all the champions were doing, you know, Dorian Yates style training, the Ronnie, the Ronnie training. I was, you know, again, rack pulling, T-bar rowing, squatting, all that basic stuff that people don't want to do because it hurts. And it's, yeah, active. yeah. The stuff that's is hard. What, yeah. That's what put that new size on and made that muscle just look so much denser and thicker on stage this year. Um, so let's, let's go backstage. So you're, you're backstage, you're looking around, you know, you look damn good. <laughs> how, how are you feeling before you walk out for prejudging? I mean, obviously you see Kamal and you're like, well, he's on. Yeah. You know, is your head very clear at that point? Or are you like, you know, everyone has different things they go through. Me personally, um, I like to stay away from everyone. So when I went backstage, I saw where everyone was sitting, and I went to the complete opposite side. Um, I find a little spot in the corner. I step myself up. I kind of just I got I got I got a small meal in. I was texting Matt back and forth, just to kind of just keep in touch with him. Um, then when they came over to us and hey, you guys got about you know 30 minutes before you're gonna go on. Um, I went and got tanned up, put my suit on, and uh, we went to another backstage area where the actual pump up area was, uh, when the mirrors. And I started just pumping up, looking at myself in the mirror making sure my tan was good, just checking out, my, you know, the, the, the lines and everything. And you can see the guys warming up, you know, Paul's over here pumping up, Derek's over here. But, again, I mean, for me, man, I don't I don't focus on these guys. I never did from the beginning of my prep, and I wasn't going to start now. Um, again, I, I was confident. I knew what I was bringing. That was new and improved. And I knew that if, you know, the judges liked what they saw, I'd be in the mix for sure. We've, we've all heard stories of, like, people going out, on stage for the finals and you know there's been some stories over the years of certain people being tipped off you know that maybe it was their day or maybe it wasn't their day that you know coming up like you had no idea hey you're looking at the judging you don't there's no one at the judging panel giving you the nod like when you're when you're waiting for the there's everyone's just exactly no i mean judges just straightforward they're looking at everybody no one's giving you a certain look or i yeah i'm just i'm just going up there and just battling man i'm not looking around much just want to i mean obviously i'm looking to my left and i see kamal's there so he's obviously right there in the corner of my eye and uh you know he's batting so he's taking a step forward i'm taking a step forward and we're just trying to hit shot for shot and just try to kill each other up there what did kamal what did kamal say to you when like afterwards i mean you guys had honestly we didn't we didn't say anything to each other (laughs) <laughs> just 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 on stage there just like the yeah, the old like one word. We, we talked obviously uh before the show um okay on a meet and greet just kind of just talking about the year and that we all had and you know i was obviously glad that he was up here for the show with everything going on um but when we got backstage you know it was it was a mutual hey you know what's going on yeah, yeah. good luck i see you up there um but after prejudging i don't think i talked to him and finals i didn't get the chance to talk to him either i was right. so you know wound up with emotions and you know, being pulled in 30 different directions, taking photos that I didn't get the chance to, you know, congratulate him or anything. 
Uh, there's nothing wrong. We're, we're still cool. Obviously, it's just in that. Oh moment, yeah, it's just hectic. It's just yeah, hectic. Yeah. That moment, man. We, I, I'm just everywhere. I just don't see what's going on. But um, no, I definitely respect Kamal. I respect everyone up there. You know, so. What, uh, you know, I mean, obviously I had a million people come up and congratulate you, but you know, there was a, there was, I mean, Jay Cutler was right there, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, do you remember some, like, what would have been like, you know, like if Jay Cutler came up and congratulated me on something, you know, I, is there anything that really sticks out? Like that made you think, fuck that it's just, this is just incredible. The biggest, the biggest thing was Flex Lewis, actually. Um, I actually talked to Flex obviously on stage. He's the one that put the metal on my neck and I got the chance oh. to sit with him the next morning at breakfast. And that's when we really got a chance to kind of sit down to ourselves and talk. And um, he pretty much told me like, no matter what going forward, man, you are in the history books as the third ever 212 champion. And you're going to carry this division on. And I want you to really represent and really get out there and really put the 212 on the map. Um, Flex has done it for seven years straight, man. And I followed his lead, saw what he's done and, and he's, Again, to be the best ambassador. Now, I want to kind of do what he's done, obviously creating my own legacy along the way, and, and make him proud as well. So, now, where where are you right now? Uh, New Jersey. I'm at New home. Jersey, right at home. Okay. Now, uh, what what's the deal with Florida? They're just they're just going wild down there, aren't they? <laughs> you know what, man? <laughs> Listen, I I'm so happy that this show went on. Uh, you know, there were a few people wearing masks, but for the most part, they were just living life free they didn't care <laughs> it was crazy it, it, it made things easier for the competitors man because the one thing i didn't want to do was get on stage with a mask um i just i think it would have been a little uncomfortable um but if i had to obviously i would have done it with no problem but you know they were very welcoming in orlando it was fun i like the fact that it's if you have your family there with you you can kind of go to disney and and hang out and everything so I'm not really sure what the plan is for Olympia going forward as far as location and dates. Um, but if they happen to have an Orlando again next year, I mean, it wouldn't be a bad place. Right. I've never been to Orlando. And, you know, after I think I'm almost on my 30th trip to Vegas. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready. Time I'm ready. Time for change. Yeah, yeah, time for a change. You know, you can only go to Vegas so many times before yeah. it loses its luster, <laughs> you know. It's like, you know, when you're at the point where you go all the way to Vegas and people are like, what'd you do? And you're like, nothing. I just Same went to the expo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't see a single thing. People think that like, oh, when you go on these trips, you're taking this luxurious vacation. Like, no, this is a business trip. I'm yeah, I'm cooking chicken on a George Foreman in a hotel. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I didn't leave my room. I went to the gym and went to the room and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think this year? 2020 and everything that we had happen what does it say about bodybuilding the bodybuilding industry man i mean we're just we're just it's been a crazy year i mean with shows being canceled and you know it's one of those things that if my hat goes off to every competitor both amateur and professional that if you're able to make it through this and get on stage no matter where you're at man it's just you know, I get my hats off to each and every one of you because a lot of guys, a lot of girls would have quit. You know, they would have had a few, so I couldn't do this because of this, but there's a handful of us that, that did it, that made it happen despite what was going on. Um, and I understand, again, sometimes there are certain areas that you're, you're unable to do that. I totally get it. I think Australia is in lockdown still right now, and it's unfortunate that a lot of these competitors couldn't make it to the Olympia that deserve to be here. Um, but again, with I'm just very uh, grateful for Dan Solomon, Jake Wood, the entire IFBB, you know, family, the Mannions who 
who wanted to see this carry on. The last thing they wanted to do was to see this legacy come to a close this year and not have an Olympia. Um, so for them to be able to pick this up in just four weeks and move it across the country, um, it, it just tells you how much they really care about both the athletes and the sport. Um, and and if, we, if, we, if we made it through this, man, we can make it through anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there, everyone had to make it through something this year. Yeah. Um. So you're the champ. You had a crazy year. You made all these improvements, but you also are a human being with a life. Yes. So what was what was your low point of the year? What was your low point? Everyone had a real tough point this year, whether it was closing your business or not being able to see your family or, you know, something like that. I mean, what was your biggest challenge of 2020? You know, I'm not really personal when it comes to social media. Um, I don't put certain things out there because it's certain, you know, that's personal in life. Um, but after last year's Olympia, when I'm on my, my highest high and um, I was preparing for this year, um, I probably got some of the worst news ever. Um, ooh. So I found out my mom um, was diagnosed with cancer. Best cancer. Yep. Yep. And um, for me, at that point, nothing else mattered. Yeah. Building, I didn't care about it. I didn't even care about myself. I just wanted to be there for her. And um, thank God she made it through surgery. Everything went well, and um, I wanted her to be here in Vegas with me. You know, I felt that this would be, this would be the year that I'd win, and I, I wanted her to be there. But obviously, with her being having this going on with COVID. I didn't want her being around that, you know, and, and she understood that. And but that was the biggest challenge for me. And, and, and this show was for her, you know, yep. I, wanted, I wanted to quit and I knew that she wasn't going to allow me to quit no matter what. Yeah. Um, she's, she's my, one of my biggest fans along with my girlfriend. She's checked on me every single day, prayed for me. And just, she told me every day, every time she called me, she's like, Sean, this is your time. This is your year. I see you winning it. And for her to go through that struggle, man, and, and still want me to continue on in my journey, that just pumped me up and motivated me even more. And um, that's the reason why I went out there the way I did. And, and, and I told myself, I'm going to kill everything in sight, man. This show is for her. And I'm not leaving without that title. Yeah. The, that's, I mean, you people see you and Rami and all the champions. And, mm-hmm. you know, you look like superheroes to to a lot of the people in the industry, like you just yeah. get up and eat, eat, sleep and train and everything's golden. And the check arrives in the mail and you know, the gym, you have a private key to the gym and just like, they just, they don't see the challenges that the regular stuff that happens to all of us yeah. behind the scenes, you know? Exactly. I mean, we're again, you, again, like you, you said it perfectly. We're, we're like machines. We go to the gym, we're training, we're doing cardio and people only see that. But behind those, behind that, we're still human beings. We still have feelings. We still have families. We still have good days and bad days. And and, and people need to realize that. You know, it, it, I have emotions just like you have emotions. Things aren't perfect all the time. It may yeah. look perfect when I'm on that stage. I may look like I'm having a good time. You know, even for people who aren't doing it, we, we can walk around and smile. But inside, some people are dying, man. They're being, you know, it, it's not easy to do what we do, um, especially at this level. We're sacrificing not only ourselves but our families. Our loved ones were taken away from them. And, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you have to have a strong, supportive team who understands, who believes in you. And I always tell myself, you know what, this is temporary, you know, and it's all going to be worth it. 
you come home with the title, man, you know, and so it's definitely worth it. Um, one of the one of the things I wanted to ask you about you, you're getting one of like the greatest compliments ever. And it was it was hilarious the first time I heard it. Someone said, and I've repeated it a bunch of times. It looks like Ronnie got hit with an elevator. What? Because it, someone goes, he looks like Ronnie Coleman got squashed with an elevator. This, pushed it down a foot. Okay. And I read that and I thought, oh man, that's, fuck, he must, he's going to love that. Compared to Ronnie Coleman. You know I, what I mean? So I, basically a mini Ronnie. I've been hearing all weekend, Ronnie. Like, mini Ronnie, mini Ronnie. It's like a, a combination of Ronnie with a little bit of Flex Wheeler in there as well. And I've been hearing it all weekend. The, the 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 front double, there's a flex wheeler look to the front double man with how your abs sit yeah. and how the torso comes in and the, the shape of the legs. And that's definitely, man. And, and I mean, wh- what does it feel like to, you know, I mean, like you said, you, you turned pro as a Bantamweight, right? Yeah, 143. Everyone, yeah, and everyone told you your career was over with. And now people are saying you look like Ronnie and also kind of flex wheeler at the same time. It is so well. First of all, that's the greatest compliment ever to be, even in in that same sense between two legends like that. Um, but I'm one of those guys, man. Like I see myself every single day, and I'm never happy with my look. And that's probably why I have coaches because if it were me doing my own diet, I'd probably look like a band of weight again. You'd be 165 um, every year. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but to literally, you know, to to to, to sit down see the photos, see the videos, and I finally have been, like, blown away by looking at my own photos, like, like that's that's me up there? Like, they're like, yeah, that's what you look like today. It, it was, man, it's just, you know, the improvements we made, the size difference, the, the way the muscle just carried itself. I was, I think one of the first times ever in my, in my history that I've been happy with my look, um, but I know that can be and will be better um, going forward, so... <laughs> They, uh, you guys looked awesome on stage, man. I almost felt like the lighting was better for the 212 and then they like changed for the open. I don't know if they like, it, it was really weird. I thought the 212 guys had like better lighting, but it's exactly the same stage. So it makes no sense. Yeah. So I don't know what, what, what that, maybe you guys were just all harder. Yeah, I've heard that. I mean, I heard us 212 guys. Well, I think we all have to make that weight category. Well, I make that weight in the off season, but I think when they're forced to make that weight class, these guys are going to come in condition, hopefully. So, Who do you think it hurts the most? As far as? Making weight. Competitor-wise? Yeah. I think Derek Lunsford um, really struggled to make that weight class, man, because I think he turned pro at close to almost a 212 class. No, I think it was something like that. He's a heavyweight, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think he, he's one of those guys. I mean, he looks amazing at 225, 230. And I think him have to suck down another 10, 12 pounds, I think, really eats him up a little bit. Right. You think he'd maybe do better just going open? I mean, everyone's saying the same thing. I think he's he's an open competitor. And uh, he's taller as well, you know? So I think I've said it. I mean, this 212 class is made for shorter guys, man. I think, like, that's 5'5", five, 5'4", five, five, under guys. You know, anyone over that, it's it's it's, it's uh, you're, you're, you're dealing with a shorter, more compact guy myself. Um, Ashkenani, you know, Angel, we're all short, thick, compact, muscular guys. You got a taller guy, like, again, like a George or a Lutzberg, who are taller and 
squeezing down into that two twelve glass. I, I think it's harder sometimes for them to fill back out and to look as I guess you could say wide as us smaller guys or shorter guys. Did you, have you ever actually measured your waist on stage, like the day of the show? No, I don't think I have. No, I, I never did. Just curious, like what the real actual measure, because you know everything's an illusion, right? And yeah. people think, you know, people think waist measure a certain thing and they don't. And it would just be interesting to see what yours actually was on stage. I should have done that. I got my suit tailored when I was there, so I should have had him check that. I don't know why I didn't have him check it. <laughs> uh, it's tiny anyways. The smallest one up there. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Like, yeah, right? I, just, I don't know what it looks I don't know the packet what it looks like until it's all said and done. Yeah. What's what's your favorite shot of you? Your favorite shot from this I, year's show? I would say my most muscular. It's the hands clasp in the front, the most muscular that way. Or my front double, actually, too, because I know many of you guys may have not have seen it. I actually worked with Kai Green this year uh, with posing. And yeah. he, so a lot of my front double bicep comes from Kai in regards to the leg placement. Um, right. So really turning my leg a certain way and really showing the quad in this leg and making sure this leg is a certain way to show off this. Um, so you, I think that front double this year was, was probably my, again, very much improved. Um, I was obviously able to make my legs look a lot bigger. And, and by doing that, I was able to make my waist come in a little bit smaller. You know, obviously the lats flare out more. So, you know, working with Kai this year has really helped my posing and also helped me mentally uh, with being able to go out there and kind of hone in on my posing. And to kind of make sure everything was locked in from top to bottom. Um, you know, he's a stickler, obviously, for posing. That's Kai Green. That's his thing. And yeah. when I worked with him, it was about, it was literally two hours of him drilling me. Um, more so on the foot placement and, and feeling things. Every, everything starts from the floor up. Yeah. It, it, it was more so that stuff than just hitting the shots. It's like you need to feel this first before you move into that shot. You know, type of thing. And and every time I see him, it's it's constant reminder, like, you know, let's go over this shot again. Let's see what it looks like. Make sure your foot placement's there. Um, and, and again, you know, posing's everything. You can be the biggest guy on stage, but if you can't show that muscle off, man, it's absolutely pointless. What's uh, what, How did you get hooked up with Kai Green, and what's your relationship with Kai like? Like, did you know him really well before? I've always known Kai. Um, whenever I see him at a show or, you know, an appearance, it was always mutual respect. He knew who I was. Um, Kai and I obviously came from the same um, federation years ago, the WNBF. Back then, he was WF Pro. I was as well. So we've always known each other. Um, but recently, he's been training at my gym a lot more often. And um, I remember him coming up to me and kind of just – we just started talking more and more every single weekend. And then one day, I said, hey, Kai, you, you mind taking a look at me and kind of just – Help me with my posing. And he said, sure, without question. We exchanged numbers. Um, and so we, we hooked up the one day and we went through two hours of posing. And I was able to get it on get it on film for my YouTube, which I have posted as well. And um, again, we just kept in contact from there on out. He'll text me just randomly sometimes in the morning just to check on me, see how I'm doing, see how I'm feeling. And uh, again, he was definitely a big motivator this year, along with Victor Martinez, who I trained with this okay. year. So I had a lot of good people in my corner this year, really, really rooting for me, man. And it definitely helped. What what, what other uh, names that people might know do you feel were like really, really rooting for you and, and, and you know, in contact with you a lot and helping you out? Um, Victor Martinez, Kai Green, Victor Munoz, who is uh, oh, yeah. uh, Victor's, trainer. Victor's trainer for years and years. Yeah. I actually one day I was in the gym and Busta Rhymes was there. 
Yeah. He's, he's surprising to me. He knew who I was and he's followed me and, and he pretty much said he's a, he's a fan and was wishing me luck for the Olympia. Uh, Dexter Jackson, obviously one of my, one of my really good friends who, who I keep in contact regularly. Sean Ray is another guy who I keep in contact regularly. He's been helping me out with things. Um, so again, I just, again, I've been doing this 16 years and over the years I've, I, I've always been that neutral guy. I'd never kind of got into, you know, picking sides or getting into gossip and all that negative stuff. I kind of just stayed neutral to everything. And by doing that, I was able to build some great relationships yeah. and, uh, and have these people in my corner if I ever needed to reach out to them or call. Like Dexter, hey, Dexter, I have a question for you. Or Dennis James. Same thing with Dennis, man. I talked to him the last week and we were kind of talking about some things and he kind of helped me out. And so, again, I have some people I can reach out to any given time of the day. What's uh what's the last thing Matt said to you before you went out on stage, and what's the first thing he said when you came off? Uh, last thing he said to me, "It's your time. It's your time." And as soon as I got off stage, he said, "We did it." Yeah. We did it. Yeah, it's funny how you you remember those. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I, I did a story today or a post today, and um, we were, me and Matt have been talking about this for the past three or four years. I made him a promise that, or I told him. I want to be his first Olympia title holder. And I know that's something he's been wanting something he's been wanting for several years now since he began coaching. And um I know that that he he and Dallas had that plan. And obviously we lost Dallas, unfortunately, a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And after that, you know, that's when I said, Hey, you know what? You know, we're, we're gonna we're gonna make this happen. And obviously we're gonna win a title for him. He deserves it. And um we stayed true to that and it took a couple of years, but we finally were able to you know, make the improvements needed to finally be in the mix to win a title. Again, this year, we he really stayed on top of me this year. And with him being there literally every single minute on the minute, making changes, seeing my body, um, you know, Matt gets so emotionally involved with his clients, not just me, not just his top guys. He gets involved with all his clients, you know, and, and, he, and it's like he's on stage with us. So he's very invested. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Oh, the hell's that? Oh, need your need your camera back. Oh wait. There we go. Uh, oh, lost you again. There we go. Good. I'm sorry about that. No worries. Um. So yeah, no, he he was. Like I said I told Matt I want to be his first title holder, and uh, we we made it happen. He actually texted me a week before the show because he just moved to Florida and he was setting up his office, and he sent me a picture of a blank wall. And I go, yeah. What the hell is that? I you saw know? that. And he said, "This is where the Olympia pitch is gonna be." And uh, now that pitch, now that the Olympia is said and done, we have the photo chosen. Oh, he has the photo he wants, and that's that's where it's gonna go. Which picture is he using? It's uh Whitman. You know, Whitman is a classic. Oh, yeah. His shots are phenomenal. Well, he's an artist. Exactly. He's and, not just a stage photographer. No, he hits some shots that I've never seen before, man. You just can't, you can't, you can't even copy that. But yeah. it's the front double bicep where Whitman's kind of like honing in from the bottom up, and you see the Olympia medal and just perfectly. Uh, so you got, you got the medal on. Okay. Yeah, yeah. 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 Awesome. What, um, you know, after a big win like this, you must reflect back and who knows how far you go. You know, it could have been someone when you were a kid or a memory you have from being a teenager, but there must be a bunch of stuff come rushing back and you think, fuck, that's a part of this. I think for me, it was, someone asked me this earlier too. Um, if you guys, if you, for those who saw when my name well when i said my name as the winner and i hit the floor 
that 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 classic Ronnie Coleman, you know, hit the floor and just kind of sit there moment. Um, it was literally I, I I sat there and I said, you know, the years of just the hard work, the the negativity, people saying I was too small, too short, um, all my friends from college making fun of me or kind of disowning me as friend because back in college, this is when I started competing was in college and all my friends would ask me to go out and hang out and party. And I always said no, because I had to go to the gym and train. And it got to the point where they just kind of stopped asking me and stopped hanging out with me. You know, and I said, you know what, this is this is okay because it's going to be worth it one day. So when I literally hit the floor this weekend, I just, and the tears just came out. It was, again, going back to the 16 years of the hard work, you know, the naysayers and, and the people who kind of just wrote me off and counted me out. And I, I told myself, Sean, this was all worth it. This moment right here, all that all that happened for a reason. It was for this. Do you think you're going to – well, I mean, I know you're going to. But, I mean, you're going to be getting messages in 5, 10, 15 years from people that say that this win inspired them to do what they just did 15 years from now. Yeah. How's that feel? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's uh crazy, you know. I mean, I remember I was that guy doing the same yeah. thing. I was that amateur kid getting ready for an amateur high school, a local amateur show, watching Flex Lewis on the YouTube videos and seeing Flex Lewis in person and going up to him, shaking his hand, asking for his autograph, taking a picture. And you fast forward to almost 10 years now, and like you said, I'm going to be that guy now where people are, you know, looking at my video from today, this weekend, and saying, I want to do that because of this guy. It's, I, I think a part of me is doing that for that, for that reason, to be able to inspire and motivate people. Um, as much as a win means a lot to me, it, mean, it means more to my team, my family, and for those people, especially the lighter guys who have that dream, who have that goal. I wanted to be a, a, a bodybuilder, wanted to be a pro, wanted to be an Olympia champion. And they, they're they pretty much, you know, are the same boat as me. People saying they're too small, too short, this and that. But the fact that I was able to do that, I'm showing these little guys like, hey, I did it. And you can damn sure do it too. And that's the reason why when Bob was talking to me after finals, I put that message out there loud and clear. This is for you lighter guys. I turned pro. I, I, I did my first show at 118 pounds. Yeah, I remember you saying that. People made fun of me. They laughed at me. They they criticized me. They said, you're wasting your time when I turned pro to 143 pounds. They said, your career is over. I used that negative energy and made it, and, and used that as fuel and continued to work hard, bust my ass, and, and continue to believe in my efforts and in myself that if I continue to put that work in, I can one day be a good pro, make it to the Olympia stage, and be an Olympia champion. And, and I did that. So I want these lighter guys, shorter bandweights, lightweights, welterweights to to know that they can be in my position one day and one day hopefully be Olympia champion as I've done. Man, I'm just trying to think of like the stuff that must go through your head when you wake up in the morning, like this morning when you open your eyes, is, is there like a, you know, when you wake up and you know, you have one of those crazy naps and you wake up and you don't know if it's day or night. Yeah. Do you, do you, did, have you had like a moment where you're like, you're like, I hope this wasn't all a dream and it's still Friday morning. It was actually a funny story. So I, listen, I have, I think I slept a total of three hours and four days. So I, uh, it was, it was Sunday, Sunday morning. I got a phone call from um, Ryan from Nutribio, my son. <coughs> and he had texted me and I kind of missed his call. So I called him back right away. 
I'm like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. I I, I passed out. I, I missed your call. You know, I'm sorry. He's like, bro, no worry. You're the champ. I go, I'm like, what? And, and like, and I kind of, I almost forgot that I, I I just won the show, you know? And I'm like, wow. You know, and it, it, I think that was one of the moments this weekend, like, shit, I did it. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy, man. It's so surreal. It, it hasn't hit me yet. And Flex told me it ha- it's going to take some time before it really, really hits me. Um, I can look at the trophy and the medal all day long, but until it really hits me, you know, I, I, it's just a moment I have. To, I can't really I have to just wait for it. How did you get in the cockpit of the flight home? I saw that photo. Because <laughs> they're pretty tight with security now. I mean, they got to know who you are. Well, it's funny because <laughs> my brother and I was sitting waiting to board. And some lady just walks up and she sees the check and she's reading it. She's like, oh, is that for you? I was like, yeah. And she's like, oh, you're a bodybuilder. And gave her my name. And come to find out, she's actually a pilot. So she was actually getting on my flight to go to Newark um, because she was going she was gonna fly another plane. So right. when she gets on the plane ahead of me, I guess she gives the team a heads up. Like, hey, we have Mr. Olympia about the board. you know. And, and as soon as I walk on, they stop me right away. And they say, hey, we want to meet you. We want to take pictures. Um, and the pilot wants to meet you. And I'm like, absolutely. So I was like, hey, do you guys mind if I take a, a picture with the pilot, like kind of at the door area? And the pilot's like, no, I could do I could do you better. I want you to sit in my seat. Yeah. So he literally came out of the cockpit, had me go sit in his seat. And that's when I held the medal and the checkup and took a photo for that. And then when I finally sat in my seat, got all buckled up, ready to take off, um, they actually put on an announcement or a loudspeaker just want to let everyone know we have Mr. Olympia Sean Corrito on the flight today. He just won the show, and everyone's clapping on the plane. So it was, it was a. It Plus was the plane, the plane's probably half bodybuilding fans leaving to go home. <laughs> probably man, right? Yeah. <laughs> I know how those flights are home from shows are. It's like. Yeah, right. It's all meatheads. <laughs> all meatheads. Half of them are hungover. Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for watching another podcast here at Think Big Bodybuilding Media, and thank you to our great sponsor, TrueNutrition.com, for making this all possible. TrueNutrition.com is owned by Dante Trudell, the creator of DC Training. He wanted to create a supplement company that offered high-quality third-party tested supplements at a fair price. High-quality protein powders, just about every type you could think of. Huge variety of flavors, plus health and performance supplements. Check them out, truenutrition.com. And hey, if you use our code ADVICES, you directly support our podcasting. Thanks, guys. Let's get back to the program. (laughs) (laughs) So I got a bunch of great questions from fans. Um, I want to hit some of these. So uh, first one, what's Sean's favorite hoodie? <laughs> oh, yeah. what do you mean, my hoodie? Like what? What? Like my own, my own stuff? You mean, or You're, you must have one that's your favorite hoodie. Oh, my no plan B hoodies, of course. No plan B hoodie, okay. No that, that's my, that's my brand. That's my, that's been my motto all year long. Um, if you guys, if I follow along, I've always hashtag no plan B. There was always one goal, one mission, and uh, we weren't gonna, we weren't gonna let, we weren't gonna give that up. What uh, now? I mean, shit, you might have not been able to pay fucking any attention, but what was your thought on the Open? How do you feel about the Open? I think it went very well. Uh, I absolutely had uh, Big Rami winning it. And a quick funny story. So Wednesday night was my last training session. And we were at, I think it was Kissimmee Muscle Gym. And it was late. There was only two guys left training at night. It was me and it was Big Rami. And my coach goes goes to both of us like 
I guarantee you it's going to be Unit 212 and Big Rod winning the Open come Friday. And that's how it played out. That's funny. The last two guys in the gym. Yep, last two guys in the gym training. It's like a a metaphor for life. Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else happened this weekend that, you know, I mean, obviously the win is is taken at all, but, you know, there must be some other moments where you're like, fuck, I got to make sure I don't forget that one too. Oh, man. I mean, there were a lot of amazing moments, man. I mean, I got to meet Shaq again and... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shaq is absolutely ginormous. <laughs> it's unbelievable, eh? It's it's surreal, Ron, how big that man is in person. Yeah. Like, I have to, like, break my neck just, just to look in his eye almost, you know, just to see it. Um, but that was a great moment as well. And just all weekend, man, just going to the... You know what? The biggest thing, I think, is going to the finals for the Open as a champ. You know, as as the two twelve champ wearing the medal there with my suit and everything, and and people stopped me and take photos and take pictures and just talking. It was, man, it was, it's amazing, absolutely amazing. Where were you sitting for the finals? Uh, we were moving around a lot. We were backstage a lot for the most part, just talking okay. to other guys. Um, but we got some fairly good seats. What did you think of the return of Phil? I was happy to see him back, obviously. I don't think he was still at 100%, unfortunately. Um, I think Phil was maybe about 85 90%, give or take. You know, but again, he's still back. got the classic 3D muscle, nice and full and round. And again, I just think that midsection for him was, I think, still an issue. Um, had it been the same classic Phil, it would have been lights out for everyone. You know, But I think Rami has dramatically improved his conditioning and more so his posing and confidence on stage. And... Um, this dude is just so much muscle. I mean, you don't understand. Like, you guys yeah. see the videos and the pictures, but to see it up close in person, yeah. absurd, Ron. Absurd. He, he guest posed uh, October of last year. So it was after the Olympia. He guest posed up here, and I emceed the show. So I got the old, like, side view, you know, of the whole guest posing. Yeah. And he, uh, he told me he weighed 340. Oh, my God. <laughs> and... And uh, when he turned around to hit his back double, of course, you know, I'm old. So I'm looking for the big tur- tortoise shell, right? You know, yeah. the guys in the 90s when they'd arch back and hit the shot and the belly would just distend out from the side. And and I, I just couldn't believe there wasn't anything going on. Yeah. He had no distension at yeah. 340. And then when he hit his crab shot and bent over. Yep. His ab, his abs stayed flat, and I just saw it. That's fucked. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, because at three forty, like no one else has yeah. a tight midsection. It's yep. like full of food, and they're huffing and puffing, and you can see the muffins, and the, you know what I mean. Yeah. And absolutely. and and afterwards, I remember thinking like, he he's got to win. He's got to win soon. But you, you know, and then. You know, he did the Arnold and was kind of like a disappointment. Yeah. yeah. You know, wasn't he third? Something like that, third or fourth. Yeah. Like yeah. Third. And 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 so you just kind of think, well, maybe it's not going to happen for him. Yeah. And then he and then this, it was something else, man. And people gave him a hard time because he got the special invite. Um, because obviously he couldn't do it. He got he had COVID and he yeah. showed what he wanted to do at cancel. So people were kind of writing him off like, oh, he's got a special invite. He's not going to deliver. And 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 boy, were they wrong. <laughs> he delivered and some. Yeah, no doubt. 
What about the uh, the classic? Did you see any of the classic guys? I watched the finals and um, I was very impressed by you know the top the top three top four guys. And um, I'm not gonna lie, man, I'm a big I'm a big Breon fan, and I did not see that coming. I did not see him placing third. But again, Terrence Ruffin is one of those guys like myself, just consistently just gets better and better every year. I would say probably one of the best posers in the entire, not just the league. I mean, not just the division, but the entire league. Yeah. I think that's that could have sealed the deal right there to why he placed where he placed. It, I ha- you have to give Terrence credit because it looked to me like Terrence worked his way into the top three at the prejudging. Exactly. Like barely, like just made the top three and yeah. they sent them back. And he's like, I'm in the top three. And then he comes back for the finals and he grinds up one more spot. Mm-hmm, exactly. And and I agree it was uh, it was a close. I didn't see it coming either. Yeah. But then afterwards, when I sort of revisited everything, I was like, huh, that, okay. That's, that's like Terrence fucking Absolutely. worked it, you know? Absolutely. And, uh, it, you know, it's funny how you view shows in real time versus hindsight mm-hmm. you know there's always a guy you kind of missed you know you go back and look at the top six you're like oh fuck that guy looked awesome you know, i was yep. busy paying attention to this dude you know of course of course because I, going, going into the show it was brian versus bumstead and kind of everyone else is fighting for third and fourth but you know you, you get you gotta always you always gotta look at that same thing in my situation you know let's go back to me it's like everyone's saying come on versus lunsford and right. everyone's kind of forget about that 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 third place guy who's just as eager, just as hungry, if not hungrier, to knock these guys off. And Terrence is ex- exactly was that guy who obviously placed in second at the Arnold, um, knew that he was capable of being a, a, being in the mix, which he was. And I've watched him all year. I mean, between the, the, the training and the posing he's done, this guy is on the money, man. And he's absolutely meant for his division. And and placing second to Bumstead, man. It, Another year or two of training. Who knows? Who knows. Yeah, yeah. What do you think of Chris? Uh, very much. I was very, very impressed at his improvements, especially during his back. Um, wow. I, I, I credit to him. I mean, he definitely, I think, deserved it. Uh, again, I think for me, the, the improvements he made from last year to this year, you, you couldn't even discredit that. Man, he looked phenomenal. I I was happy with the Olympia this year because we saw we saw several people make big improvements you know you obviously being one of them but we've all we've all been to those olympias and seen those olympias where everyone kind of comes back looking kind of the same as year before and it's just kind of another like jumble of the same top five guys Mm -hmm. and when you see a champion uh or a contender like you come back with like like chris comes back with a new back well that's the thing too i mean that's that separates champions because he could have just been content with just showing up, saying, I'm the champ, I'm at, this is good enough. But he just, I guess, I'm going to say that he went back home, assessed his physique, and said that he could be better, and, and, and put together a game plan, and came back better this year. And really sealed the deal. Um, but again, there's, there's not taking anything for Breon as, as well. Breon was hungry this year, man. Oh, man, he looked good. Improved. I love his physique. I think it's one of the best ever. Um, I love watching everything about Breon. And mm-hmm. again, it's just... You know, the judges, I mean, they're both improved, but the judges went with, I guess, who made the most improvements this year. Yeah, that, and tight classes, too, Jesus. Yeah. Like, you were one point, right? Didn't you win by one point? I was second place going into the finals. Yep. I won, and I won the show at the finals at one point. So you changed two judges' minds. 
That's what I mathed out because I looked at the numbers. Okay. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you were you were technically behind by one. Yep. Yep. And then you you gained two points, yep. which means you changed two judges' minds. Do you know who's you changed? No idea. <laughs> but I want to. I wish I did. Christmas cards. Yeah, you still yeah. got a few days. <laughs> so I can bake some cookies yeah, and FedEx yeah. them out. <laughs> no, I wish I knew, but they don't tell you that, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you could twist. Uh, you sure you could make some calls. Just call yeah. them. <laughs> just yeah, call them all. Just want to know where you had me. <laughs> want to know where you had me. Oh man. So now, what about you know? You're looking ahead now. Obviously, Christmas is here and stuff like that. Are are you going to be able to have? Are you one of the people who gets to have a bit of a Christmas? Uh, you know, a lot of people can't visit their families, can't travel, and, and all that. But I mean, is everyone kind of there? Yeah, my family's here, so we're actually going to have uh, Christmas at my house. And uh, because we haven't had any celebration, no birthdays, no Thanksgiving because of the prep, uh, we're absolutely going to be eating and enjoying this this holiday and the whole entire win and everything. Um, so my family will be here for sure. And then, but come January 2nd, man, we're right back to work. Right, right. back to work. Yeah. 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 When does prep start? Tomorrow. Yeah. Right. Well, it starts January 2nd. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. January 2nd. Yeah. Okay. That, how do you feel about this time of year for the O? I don't know, man. I mean, uh, why do you get to September? I, I guess I'm so used to being in September. Uh, but now that it has come and gone from December, I think that it would only be good to have it again in December. Just when we have that full time to prepare. Um, right. so you get three months shaved off your year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So hopefully if they do decide to have it in December, it will be closer to the beginning of December. This way we don't have to have it so close to the holiday. Um, I'm going to say maybe the first or second week of December 2021 is when they're going to have it. And I believe it will be in Orlando. You think they're going to repeat yes. the show, eh? Yes. What's the expo? Did they have, like, they had a bit of an expo, right? It was pretty, it was, I guess they call it a pavilion. Um, they had a, right. few, a few vendors that were there that were main sponsors. They had tables set up. They were passing out samples and, you know, paper stuff. But it wasn't anything like our what we're used to. Yeah. Now, what about the number of people there? Was it, like, like it looked like a much smaller, it was, it was in a much yeah. smaller here so but did that make it more like kind of an intimate it's, it's like seeing a really good band in a in a pub yeah you like get to see the band like up close like is it was it kind of better you think um i think it was good actually i mean everyone's kind of right there and and, and there, were, there wasn't a bad seat in the house yeah it had like so many monitors set up you know i think they did an amazing job of what they had i mean again we there was no like regulation as far as seats you know mapped out here and there. i mean you were yeah, they just went all out. <laughs> <laughs> we was a few jokes. I saw a couple memes like uh, everybody coming home for the Olympia with COVID. <laughs> you know, hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully not. We, uh, Emily and I were watching the live stream, and you know, like um, when Rami won, he was yeah. like, he was like, kiss Phil on the forehead, yeah, and so, yeah. he was like, you know, because he's Rami, right? He's like grabbing people and like kissing them. Uh, and and we were just joking around. We were like, COVID for you and some COVID for you and some COVID for you. And we thought, oh, man, let's see what happens. Did, did, you, did you spend any time this year? Like, were you concerned about getting COVID? Were you, like, being extra careful? Or are you just kind of doing the standard diligence? Yeah, I, again, I just trained. I, I kind of stayed. I didn't be around too many people. I kind of yeah. just kept gym. I wiped out all my equipment and everything. 
Uh, I don't. I didn't really go out to visit family, especially my mom, because yeah. I had been training in the gym. I kind of didn't want to be around her with her with the, with the illness and everything. Um, but at the, end, the same time, I didn't want to live my life like that either, Ron. Like mm. some people are just like, I don't leave my bubble. Like you can't. You gotta. You gotta sometimes just kind of go through it. I mean, it's a germ that you kind of almost have to take in to be able to fight it. I feel like sometimes, you know. Yeah, there's only a certain amount of uh, your mental energy you awesome. can direct towards yeah. that stuff you know just like anything exactly um what what do you think the biggest lesson for you is or the biggest thing you learned coming out of 2020 i mean it, it was just a str- it's just a struggle man you again you make it through this you can make it through anything um i mean it's not just for me just for anyone especially again those competitors that were able to make it to the stage uh, it just shows you how much, how determined you all were, you know, and it's not to discredit the people who didn't do a show or weren't able to do a show. I totally understand that. Um, but again, just to be able to, again, make it, make it, make it, a, make it a way to train and still be able to get your food in and get your meals in. And it just, it was a struggle for everyone, man. And, and we all were able to make it and um, come out on top the way we did. Just a matter of just, Almost like, you know, just being determined. That was it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Put your head down. Mind your own business. Focus on you. Yeah. I mean, that's one thing I don't do. Like, I've said this many times, and you know you know me, Ron. I don't, I'm that quiet guy. I don't post progress pictures. I don't talk about any of my competitors. I don't even know what my competitors look like in the offseason or even getting ready for a contest. Um, I, I train in baggy sweatpants and baggy shirts all year long. And people kind of say, why do you do that? It's like, well, one, I'm comfortable training this way. Um, the reason why I don't put up progress pictures is because they're just that. They're, they're, they're progress photos. They're not going to tell you the end result. And people say, what do you worry? Do you, what do you think about that guy or this guy? It's like, I don't worry about that guy. I don't focus my energy on what they look like, what they're doing, because me taking two or three seconds out of my day to focus on that takes that time away from me, and that can't happen. So. One of my favorite one of my favorite quotes. I don't know who, if someone originally said it, but Mike Menser used to say it. And it was, uh, if you want to lead the orchestra, you have to turn your back to the crowd. And I always used to remember that quote whenever it came to like, you know, all oh, these guys are doing this type of training, and these guys are trying this, and this new peptide is out, and this new thing, and this new that, and and. Uh, you know, any anytime anything was like popular because it was new, I almost was instantly repelled by it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm gonna go wait. I'm gonna go see. I'll give these guys a few years to do this new thing, and then almost 99% of the time, it's like, ah, oh, it doesn't make a difference. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I, I just stick to what I mean. There's always gonna be some new way of training. I mean, listen, you, training is training. That's it. I stick to the old school again, the old school Dorian Yates, Ronnie Coleman style of training. Give me a barbell and some dumbbells and I'm good. Yeah, there are certain, like I, I work with John Meadows obviously when it comes to my training, um, but it's more so, you know, different rep schemes or things like that. There's no new funky inventions. There's no new yeah. funky machines. It, 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 again, I see these guys, like, oh, I'm trying this new program and it has X, Y. Like, I'm not doing all that. It takes you 15 minutes just to set the equipment up. You know, but by the time you're doing that, you could have been doing just three or four sets. Yeah, and you're in a busy gym, and you got two benches and three yeah. cables, and man, I, I know. 
I see it every day. These guys have the dumbbells set up and the, the plates and the bar. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Just grab <laughs> the bar and just go row it. Go press it. That's it. Yeah. I, I saw a great, uh, it was on one of Bumstead's photos of his back. And someone wrote, uh, what exercises was he doing? And Ian Valer, his obviously who coaches him, yeah, coach. came on and he said, um, execution and intensity are all we care about. Exercise selection is completely secondary. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you pick the movements that work best for your physique and you try to get stronger at them each and every week going forward. And that's what's going to hone in on progress and new growth. So here we are back to progressive overload. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Right. We try, we, we try to do an episode where it doesn't come up. You know, like Dusty's always talking about DC and I did the Dorian style training my whole life. And we try to like have an episode where we just don't talk about it. And then it always comes up. That's it. It works, man. That's it. <laughs> so when was your strength at its all time highest this year? Probably, at, I would say, obviously, off season was at my absolute best. Um, but once for me, I'm one of those guys that kind of grows into the stroke and gets stronger. So I would say, uh, man, I mean, 10, 12 weeks out, man, I'm just getting stronger and stronger. I was doing 405 on the incline bench. I don't know if you guys saw that. I was like, I guess 10 weeks out from the, this year's Olympia. Um, I think just me being in that mindset and, and, and being having a set schedule with having this meal at this time and taking this at this time. Having that set schedule just makes me stronger. And obviously, as we're getting closer to like that four-week out, that's when things kind of start dwindling down a little bit, where I'm a little bit more cautious about my exercise selection. But I'm still doing the basic movements. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm still dumbbell pressing. I'm still incline pressing. Not as strong, but at that point in time, I'm just trying to obviously remain safe. Yeah, and it's all about yeah. intensity. So you just, you know, you might slow the dumbbells down and all that, but you're still just going to, you're going to failure on a lot of your working sets, right? Failures. So we're doing drop sets at that point in time. We're doing back off sets. Uh, but again, we're still keeping that same intensity, just going all out using those, still those free motion uh, uh, movements. Have, have you ever been, I was wondering this about you, because I know you're like very, very strong for your body weight. Have you ever pressed dumbbells? Have you ever had your body weight and the dumbbells you're using be the same? Like, have you ever been like 165 pressing 165s? Um, have you ever seen that match up? Because I know you're kind of close. I, I, I've rode 200-pound dumbbells. Right. So yeah. I've rode 200-pound dumbbells. I've squatted 515 for reps. Yeah. Um, I inclined barbell 405. Uh, the most I've, I think I've dumbbell pressed flat bench was, I think it was 160s. I was around 190 at the time. Right, right. Okay. I was just wondering how dieted down you got with it's those close. 160s, you know? Like... Yeah, it's close. It's Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, you know, some of the some of the ratios on your lifts, I mean, we've said before, I think you're pound for pound the strongest bodybuilder in the world. Yeah, yeah. I think you so. Know? Again, I'm like I said, I mean. I Which is cool. Which is cool because yep. it's not like that's on your fridge as a goal, is it? No, no, no yeah. never, never. Yeah. It, just, it, just, it just just happens to be that way. Yeah, I don't it's look, a byproduct. Yeah, I don't look to say, hey, I want to be able to lift this much weight. It just, that just, if, I'm, if I do 365 this week for 8 to 10 reps, I'm going to try, you know, go for 405 this week. And I don't really care about being the strongest guy per se. It just happens to be that way. Yeah. Who's the strongest training partner you've ever had? Like real training partner where you like train together for a while. 
I've never really trained with anybody. Uh, I train my girlfriend every day. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've trained with her for the last six years. Oh, so she's right in it all the time with you. Yeah, 4 o'clock in the morning doing cardio so, with me. So and she's then- the one filming all the clips? Exactly. Oh, man, okay. That, so t- tell us about that. Tell us about that. Um, so we obviously been dating six years now, and she's not a competitor by any means. But when I met her, she was in the gym training, just just a regular, trying to you know lose weight. And I give credit to her because she was overweight at one point in time in her life. And obviously, for health reasons, she had to start training and doing cardio. And that's kind of how we met. And she lost over 160 pounds by herself. Wow. Yeah. So when we met, we were, we were friends at first. And uh, I just had asked her one day to, I think, spot me or something, maybe. And she had spotted me. And she, and I asked her, hey, you want me to put you to a leg workout one day? And she said, yes. I put her to a leg workout. And from that day on, the fact that I saw her, one, I saw her intensity. And two, that she made it through the actual workout. I said, fuck this. I'm we're just going to go full force with this together. And we started dating. And then from there on out, we've been training every single day for the past six years. I like how your 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 dating standard was a leg workout. <laughs> it got to be. If you it's can't like, legs, get rid yeah, of Yeah, she's all right. But I don't know if she can squad. <laughs> like, I don't know if she can go to failure on the leg press. We're going to do yeah. some strip sets, see if she could get, see if she gets date number two. I'm not going to lie. I tried to kill her and, and she made it through. I did try. <laughs> So uh, what's what's her take? What's her take on this? Is she one of those like super calm, like oh I know you could do it, baby, or is she just an emotional fucking wreck when you come off stage and it's like? Well, well, first of all, she's a hard ass. She if I look like shit, she's gonna say you look like shit. You know, she's not gonna blow smoke up my ass. She wants me to be my absolute best at all times. Um, so she's very supportive in that mo- in that matter. She takes all my progress pictures every single day. Uh, when she can, obviously. Um, but when she, when when it's showtime, man, she's business just like I am. But when I'm on stage, she's a fucking wreck. I mean, crying, can't watch. I, I think hates I, the I, whole day. The whole day is just misery. Oh yeah. <laughs> and she literally, I got. I mean, I watched her at the finals, and I, I looked. I looked at her. Her head was down the whole time. Like, what are you doing? You're gonna be looking at me. <laughs> well, she just couldn't. She couldn't like. She couldn't. Right. She couldn't handle it at that point in time. Yeah. You know? Man. Man. So is she all smiles around the house now? Yeah, she's actually right here. She's she's happy though. She's happy as hell, and she's probably getting more text messages than I am congratulating us on, on the win. <laughs> well, I, I want to congratulate her too on the win. I mean, it's it's I've enjoyed yeah. meeting her over the years. You brought her past the mutant booth to say hi to us. Yeah, you better. And, uh, I always love running into you guys. You're a great couple, Thanks. and uh, you know, so I I know that it it takes uh, you know, it's not just one guy. No, it's an entire team, man. What about Meadows? What's Meadows uh, have to say? You talked to him a few times since then or what? Oh, yeah. We talked, obviously, throughout the whole entire uh, prep. I sent the photos every so often. And honestly, he told me weeks ago, it's going to come down between me and Kamal. He was that confident just based on the progress pictures I was sending him that it would be between me and Kamal. I can hear his voice, too. I can hear the way he would say it. Yeah. And and he came up to me after the prejudging and he said, man, I told you. He, he said, this is yours. He was very confident that what I, what we had brought was good enough to win, and um, obviously he was right, you know. And and he was ecstatic by it. And I, again, I give credit to John. I've been working with him now for what six years with my training programs, yeah. and here we come up with a new program for the off season to put on size, and then we'll start a new program for prep. Um, so the combination of the training and the nutrition from Matt, man, it's just I got the killer team, killer team, man. <laughs> what what else do you see yourself? Let's step away from, you know, the actual 
bodybuilding com- competitions. What else do you see yourself doing in the future? Is there anything that you, you know, as a champion, like Jay said, that as Mr. Olympia, mm-hmm. he was brewing ideas. Absolutely. For, you know what I mean? And then at once he won the Olympia, he said the ideas really started coming to him. And, and, you know, like obviously you feel like, oh shit, I'm here, you know? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. What, what, what other things do you, you think you, you're like, shit, I think I want to do that. I think I'm going to do want to do that. You have anything? Well, before the whole, before this Olympia, we, my girlfriend and I have already discussed some ideas and we've already kind of put the, the wheels in motion. Um, we are going to do some business things soon. There's some business opportunities that have been presented to me that I'm definitely going to do, going to be uh, moving forward with. Obviously, okay. I will put that out as soon as things are more confirmed. Um, but as far as the business side of bodybuilding, like Fleck is saying, this is the time to really do the business of bodybuilding, as we call it. Um, the traveling, the training, the, the, the more more content, seminars, guest appearances. Uh, Kamal obviously was unable to do that, or many of us were unable to do that this year with COVID. Um, but hopefully now that the country is somewhat opening up, uh, we definitely will plan on doing some traveling. Um, again, I, would, I really want to get out there, man, and really put the 212 class um, back on the map. I know a lot of people are saying yeah, it's dwindling down, and you know I want to be able to, to show and say that it's not. We're just as strong as ever. And I definitely plan on doing some more gym tours. I want to travel the country along with my coach uh, and kind of kind of replicate what Aceto and Sean Roden did almost with the whole gym tour setup, things like that. Right. So we've got some great ideas, man. And obviously the merchandise is, a, is going to be a big thing for us. I'm getting messages left and right with people wanting the, the new merchandise, which we're going to be doing. So this is, this, is, this, is, this is the time where we really start really taking advantage of that period where things are still hot. I think just still trending to really uh, focus on that. Yeah, I got a real open-ended question for you. Okay. What's the meaning of life? Do what makes you happy. I mean, do what makes you happy, man. You will have one life, you know. And the one thing I, I you don't want to do is regret anything. I never want to regret anything, Ron. You know, I want to be able to say that I've done everything I wanted to do. Um, if I hadn't made it, at least I can say I tried. You know, I never want to say, well, I wish I could have, should have thing. That's one thing I, I never do. I like to take big chance, big risk. And obviously bodybuilding is one of those things I took a chance on. You know, 16 years ago, I had no idea where this would be. But I took that chance. I, took, I, 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 had a, I was wrestling for a D1 program. I was going to be the starter at Roddy University for the wrestling program. It was, it was my spot, and I, and I had it. Bodybuilding came along, man, and I had I had I had a choice to make: was I going to stick with with this wrestling program and be the starter, or was I going to take a chance with this bodybuilding thing, not knowing where the hell it was going to take me or lead me? I had a gut feeling, and uh, I said, you know what, we're going to give this bodybuilding thing a try. And again, not knowing where it was going to be, I took the chance, and I can look back now and say everything I did, every decision I made from there on out, has been absolutely worth it because. Had I stuck with that wrestling, man, I probably wouldn't be doing this right now, to be honest with you. You know, I had, it was a very small period of time where I had people in my corner back then that were, try, were willing to help me get start get started in this sport. And uh, that's the meaning of life, man. Whatever makes you happy, go out there and do it. Don't live life with regrets. Yeah. Amazing. Th- thanks for everything, man. I, I'm so happy for you. I, I didn't, you know, when I was standing there watching you, I thought, well, fuck, he looks, he looks like a little Ronnie slash flex. Mm-hmm. But then I also was like just years of being a jaded old competitor. 
where I'm like, well, Kamal's improved and he's a champ, so they probably won't title change. Like, that's just, you know, the old, like, yeah, you know what I mean? Because we've seen that before where we thought it should have been changed, but it was like, wasn't enough of a knockout, you right. know, got to knock the champ out. You can't just beat the champ. And I thought, well, fuck, maybe this is going to be one of those shows where, you know, Kamal keeps the title and Sean's the talk of the show, sort of like Cutler in 01. Yep. Yep. Right. Cutler won the crowd. Ronnie took the title. And then we've seen that before. And that's what, that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then when they called you, I was like, oh, man, he, you must just be fucking. I thought you, when you were down on your hands and knees, I thought he must just be, he must just be on another planet. I didn't even hear my name being called. I just heard and knew and I lost it. I wasn't there. Mint, I was gone. It was again. It was just the year again. Just remnant, like just the tears, the emotions. The I just lost it. You know, again, again, just thinking back to all those years, those those cardio sessions, the, the, the days where I just broke down mentally and physically, the days I wanted to give up, the days I wanted to quit, the days just, I kept telling myself, "Why am I doing this? Why am I here? This is bullshit." The days that I almost wanted to quit, it, 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 it that moment and that that very moment, all everything I've done has led to this very moment to 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 be the champ you know i i woke up every every morning throughout this prep this is two, two things i did and i'll be completely honest with you i did this every single day every single morning this prep there were two things i did i practiced my victory speech in the mirror after cardio and i told myself the days that it was it was four o'clock in the morning i rolled out of bed i was still tired i was still sore from the night before because i had just gone to bed three hours before from training that I don't want to do this, but I can be Mr. Olympia in 16 weeks, 14 weeks, 12 weeks, however, because I was telling myself every single time where I was feeling really low that this, this, all this that I'm doing now, it can pay off and I can be, I can call myself Mr. Olympia. So those things are what got me through some prep run. It wouldn't be so cool if it wasn't so hard. Exactly. You know, what it, uh, I think that the sooner you realize in life, the importance of discipline the better i think some people unfortunately never have an opportunity or or never never maybe steer themselves in the direction where they have to practice their discipline at that level mm-hmm. yeah and I, I think it's a skill set that you know transforms you for business and relationships and yeah. You know, and I, I think it's probably the most valuable thing that comes out of bodybuilding. What, what, what would you say is the most valuable thing that comes out of bodybuilding? You have to be. You, this isn't for everybody. If you're not disciplined, when it, I mean, disciplined in every aspect of the sport, meaning the diet, the training, the cardio, the mental capacity, everything. It, it, it's again, it's not for every single person. It's a very small percentage of the world that can do what we do to put ourselves through this pain and torture to get on stage for three or four minutes and, and, and live this life the way we live. Um, again, it, that's that's the main that's the main thing. If someone said, "Hey, pick one word when you despise bodybuilding, discipline, and every facet of, of, of what it takes to be a champion." Mm-hmm. That's it. Bottom line. That's it. If you well, man. If you can't be disciplined and, and you can't put yourself to the two or three hours of training and the cardio sessions and sticking to a strict diet and you know, being away from your family, giving up the junk food and all that, that it's not for you. And that's okay. It's not for everybody. And it's totally fine. But there are people like ourselves that are willing, that love what we do 
and are willing to put our bodies through what we put it to for those two or three minutes on stage because that's what that's what that's our rush that's what makes that yeah. that's why we live life where do you think the most well obviously you handled it well where do you think the most pressure came from do you think it came from you absolutely because yeah i i, I tell myself i can't go backwards ron Meaning, I just placed third last year. There's no way in hell I'm going to place anything less than third or even place third again. Every year I've done the Olympia from 2015 to now, it's been upward. My first Olympia, I was 16th. The next I was 13th. I was ninth. That was seventh. I was third last year, and this year I was first. So there's no way in hell I'm going backwards. So it's the I same story as, you know, you were Bantam weight, then you were lightweight, then you were, you know, it's just like. Same thing with Ronnie. Yeah. So, last place to what 13th and 9th to first like it's just an upward thing and, and and again i put a lot of pressure on myself that i have to do more than i did last year what i brought last year was good was good but guess what it wasn't good enough i didn't have the title last year kamal did so i had to see why why did kamal get the title and i didn't he was more conditioned to me so i guess what i had to step my conditioning game up this year i had to increase my cardio do a lot more more core work this year to match that why was yeah. that I was Derek's second and I was third, Derek got a killer taper. I had to train my back a little bit more with my shoulders, my back, make my waist a little bit smaller. If I were able to do all that in, 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 with, in this time frame, increase those, and, and improve those body parts and bring up those weak body parts and put on size, there's no, there's no reason why I can't win the title. And I did that over this year. I made those improvements. I made those adjustments. I assessed my body from start to finish. I killed myself every single day in every single aspect to the point where I, I literally broke myself every single day. I slept three hours a night every single night for the past 21 weeks it's crazy. In, in order to get, get to this point. Did you have anything that you were able to do to sort of disconnect? Like, are you the type of guy that watches movies while you prep or can you not, are you unable to focus on anything? No, I, I, I can tell you my day, Ron. I can tell you right now. Four o'clock in the morning, I'm doing cardio. I'm home by five o'clock. 5.30, I'm, I'm resting. I'm eating my first meal around 6.37, and I'm literally watching no TV the entire day. I'm getting my meals in, three meals, going to the gym, coming home, getting a shower, getting my last meal, I'm going to bed. I don't watch TV. I don't, I don't even talk to my girlfriend. As bad as that sounds, she understands. I'm just not there. So I don't talk to her. I don't watch TV. I don't talk to my friends. I barely talk to my family. And yeah, some people think I'm an asshole for it. And some people think I'm selfish. But yeah, we're selfish because there's a goal. And my as long as my family and my girlfriend understands, I don't care. That's it. That's what matters to me. Yeah. You know, so as long as they're on, on board with it, who cares what everyone else thinks? You know, I, I'm doing it for them. Yeah. You know, the whole thing about the whole going into a cave for the show bodybuilding thing I never understood why anyone, you know, like, I mean, obviously it's unfortunate if your family doesn't understand, but I grew up a farm kid. My right. dad, my dad in the spring would go out in the field for two months and he'd work 18 hours a day and I wouldn't see him. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. he's just working his fucking ass off. And yeah. my mom's like, don't bug him. He's getting some sleep. You know, yeah. he's, he's eating in the field all day long. I never hardly even see him. And then there's a day where they're done and he's in the house Exactly. And he's like relaxing, having breakfast with us for a few months. And then it's harvest time and he's off limits. Yeah. Don't ask your dad any questions. He's working. And so that was just normal for me. Like, oh, it's time to work. Oh, 
turn everything off and you go to work. Just and so I always just, you know, whenever one was like, oh, you know, my girlfriend's mad at me. I'm like, well, what if you, what if you were a lawyer and you're working a big case mm-hmm. and you're three months of just buried in paperwork and mm-hmm. would she be tell you to quit being a lawyer? Like maybe it's the money that makes a difference. I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but you got that nice big check. Yeah. 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 Seriously. So are, are you going to do something specific with that check? That's like, going to be that, the whole business aspect we're thinking about. That's going to be more sort toward that. Yeah, I was, I was thinking you're probably flying home thinking rental property. Uh, let's do something yeah. with this, right? Yeah, you we, know, we already got that set. So we're going to, you know, obviously we're going to hopefully take a mini vacation, hopefully soon, um, just to kind of disconnect a little bit before we start, you know, kicking things into gear. Um, but, you know, again, that money that we got is, is we're going to put that, you know, to savings and yeah. for the business side of bodybuilding. Because, again, obviously, you know, this bodybuilding thing isn't going to be around forever. Um, we're going to all get old eventually and eventually I have to hang it up. Um, so I need to start focusing more so on my future. Yeah. It's not how much you make. It's how you spend it and invest it. Exactly. You come out on top, man. Yes. That's what I want to see. <laughs> how, how old are you now? 38. Awesome. You got lots of years left. Well, you know, I, I, I set the number high and um, some people call me crazy. Some people call me delusional, but um, I want nine more titles, Ron. Fucking do it. Hey, if I if Iris Kyle can do it, why not you? Exactly. It's one not nine. like it hasn't been done before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Right. So, well, I wish you all the best, man. Dusty couldn't make it. He had some shit. You know how Scottsdale is. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, right. I think he had a manicure that went super long and he got stuck. So, um, it's okay. I'm 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 perfectly happy to uh, have had you by, uh, to myself because there was a lot of stuff I just really wanted to ask you and yeah. I wanted to to make sure you got a forum to kind of express yourself and connect with the viewers and you know you, you're you're a real guy and 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 you really just uh, I mean this was an awesome interview man thanks for your time no, you know thank, means uh, a lot. I thank you guys because you know there's only a handful of people who believed in me over the years and. Who really under who really thought that I could make it, and you were one of them. Um, always been a friend, always gave me positive feedback, and always contributed to you know my growth. So I thank you guys, absolutely. I appreciate that. I've I've always believed that you were like one of the most unique standout guys I've ever met in the industry. Thank you. You know that has has stuff that nobody else has, whether it be here or physical and you know there's a an industry where there's a lot of kind of carbon copy people that kind of all come across the same and, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day don't you know bring what you bring so i uh, yeah. really appreciate it and thanks for coming on the show you make it look like i got some street cred yeah you, you definitely do i think you got the first interview man so <laughs> well it's nice it's nice thank you thanks sean i appreciate it all right Ryan, anytime my man you need me thanks again okay you bet thanks man and remember everybody it's just bodybuilding Like, share, subscribe, comment, ring the bell, and I appreciate your uh, feedback, and let us know what you think of uh, the Clarita interview. Hit him up, buy his hoodies, (laughs) buy his merch, you know, support the shit out of him. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Ryan. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. So just as uh, as I'm letting Sean go, uh, Dusty's back from his manicure, and he pops in. You You had a bit of a delay this morning, Dusty, but it looks like you're here. You know, here's the thing. I didn't want to water down a moment with a champion. I tend to be a little talky, a little laughy. <laughs> I said, you know, I should probably bow out a little bit, let the important ones speak, and uh, go get stabbed with some needles. So I did that. 
you, you put you put a lot of pressure on me, so I hope I fo- I hope I carried this the show. I didn't have you because you normally whenever I hit that moment where I'm like fuck, I'm out of, I, I don't know what to ask next. I give you the old. See, but that's how I felt about it. I was like, you know what? What I typically do is slide in, and when it gets awkward, I take it way worse. I should probably just step <laughs> out of this one, let him run it. Well, we had a great chat. We had a great chat. I'm a little. You know what though? I have a reason to watch the show now. I wasn't here. Hey, this is you actually have to watch this one now. For those of you who don't know, Dusty does not ever watch the show. I watch it kind of lightly. I put it on in the background while I'm making breakfast because I just want to see if there's anything I missed. I usually forget. I'm like, oh, we talked about that, you know. Um, and I kind of pay attention to the editing a little bit, you know, like the Hulk Hogan leg drop in that one episode was nice. Which was. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but now you have to watch it. Yeah, I got no choice now because it's not about me. I, you know how it is. Every I, I like to just scroll the comments. and I'm like, ah, good point. I suck at that. Yeah, and then I go, leave it alone and don't fix anything. <laughs> so <laughs> Continue being me. <laughs> yeah, but I like to know what they don't like and then ignore it. So that's the key. Oh, these people don't like the way I am. That's just weird. Um, so, but, but I do have some freaking questions. So I figured... Yeah. Now that you've closed out the show, let me jump in, force you back in to finish a two hours because I'm all about the people and their cardio sessions. No worries. Let's do it up. Let's do some questions, Dusty. Absolutely. Now, there's some good stuff here. Oh, boy. You versus Ron. Who wins in a vertical and standing long jump? And will you record it? I would absolutely record that embarrassment. That would be fantastic. Oh, I think I'd beat you right now. I think you would beat me always. I haven't been well, an athlete in a hundred years. No, I know, but you're a very powerful guy. Back when I was heavy with the body weight, it would have been difficult. But uh, I have been doing a little bit of box jumping. You have? Like low, not not much. Just So you know the height of the peg on my bike? Yes. Right? It's a 20-inch wheel, so it's a 10-inch drop, right? So, so you're I've been jumping doing, on that. Yeah, like just practicing like how like, – because that's as high as I am right now. I'm coming off of it. What's it like to hop off? You know, land on one foot, be stable, hop back on, hop off, land on one foot, you know? That's so. actually funny because when you're at this level of non-athleticism, I'd be like, I could hurt myself. Yeah, you start – well, I started with this. I literally would. Okay. I, I just told somebody that the other day because they were like, what is an inconvenience to being your size? I'm like, anything. Anything. <laughs> like the other day I was – I was going co- My out. friends were coming off of a loading dock and they all jump off. And right. I looked down and I was like, that's probably not safe. I sat yeah. on the edge and did like a turned around, <laughs> down, did like a reverse dip down to the ground. <laughs> we got to keep this safe because if not, this is going to be a story of how Dusty like, fucked himself. Do up. I tear a tricep or a quad? How do I lower myself off like, this deck? What are deck? the best odds for the least bad injury? <laughs> but I mean, literally, you know, that's true. When you were at your heaviest, you look oh. at everything. You're like, oh, yeah, oh, that's not smart. <laughs> No, like just, you know, someone just someone you're walking with a group of people and they all just kind of hop down something like even yeah. if it's, you're like, oh, it's going to walk down this ramp. Yeah. You, I'm going to take a hundred yard detour, but I'm not <laughs> jumping off that three foot thing. Why That's do you always walk crazy. on the wheelchair ramp, Ron? <laughs> I just I just hit him with, look, I'm just trying to keep it tight. Yes. A little exactly. extra cardio never hurt nobody. Steps. Get the steps. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it, dude, I'm just going to roll here because I got lots. Go for it. I do don't have any. Think, mine were all for Sean, so I'm done. See, yeah, I went selfish. I was like, ask Ron. Um, do you think Ian has a potential to get into the top three Olympia territory? Uh, well, I mean, I'd have to say yes. 
Um, I see Ian uh, as still plenty of muscle to add because of his age and how his body seems to be responding. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I heard someone say, oh, he's got no calves, but Dennis Wolf didn't either. So whatever. That's the dumbest and, comment anyways. Yeah. Sure. And then, and then, um, you know, I have no calves. Look how happy and successful I am. I think, yeah, I mean, you guys are the same, you and Ian. It's like twins. So, uh, um, uh, he, and, and you know, the, the, he's got so much going for him. Um, I mean, so yeah, I think he does have what it takes to be. I think he's, and this is no knock against anyone because we have a lot of talent in Canada right now, but Ian is, and he just proved it this weekend. He is the premier Canadian bodybuilder on the planet. For sure. And um, it wasn't just that show, that placing, but it was, he, he is, he's, he's ahead. He's got more muscle, got more density, got more thickness, got more in the side shots, more in the back shots, more in the front shots. Um, and, uh, you know, plus I'm just a fan of the guy. I mean, if you know Ian, Ian Valer, he's, he's like, he's like just a great guy, you know, and uh, you want to see that for him. I'd love to see him crack the top three. Is, one day. is Ian already and he gets better as he adds muscle you know how like, like structural yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah all that structure. does is makes his look better yeah i agree the bigger he gets the better he looks well his shoulder i don't think people realize his clavicles are jay cutler wide oh he's a very big guy very big guy like when he's yeah. walking around the gym with a pump on it's like wall big wall yeah yeah and i've sure. seen all the biggest guys in the gym you know i remember when they were here for the van pro um nathan diasha was in the gym yep Right. Hottie was in the gym. You know, they were all in the gym. And uh, and and Valera was the biggest guy in the fucking gym. Yeah, no, yeah. for sure. I always find that with some guys. People don't realize who is big. Like um, another one is uh, John De La Rosa. He's giant. Yeah. People yeah. just don't People realize, don't realize it because he's shorter. He's a monster. The, yeah. the circumference on his limbs and the calves and everything. Yeah. So do you think this is my stretch on that question now? Ian, this weekend, is he the best Canadian bodybuilder ever? Is he as good as Fuad? Is he is at his peak? Is he as good as Ben at his peak or not yet? Hmm. Well, I mean, it's hard to say. And I mean, you don't want to shit on Fuad had. I still think Fuad produced some of the best looks ever of a Canadian right. bodybuilder. Like yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think it was the year who had won that Tampa show. And then he had that other show that he did with Dennis James, where he was skinned alive. And then, yeah, then he had a flex pro one year that he was wacky. Yeah. He was lighter, but he yeah. was, I was at that show and he was nuts. I think Evan might've won that. And it was like yeah. Evan Dexter Dennis Wolf and Fuad or something like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the best Canadian physique, um, and then also too, you have to remember Paul Dillett is Canadian. Ah, that's a bad point. So when you go to the nineties and you got, you know, six foot two, 275 pound Paul Dillett, um, I know he had, you know, he didn't have the best back and he was a terrible poser and all the criticisms of him, but you know, standing in those quarter turns at the Olympia, making the top six at the back in the back when it was like, all heat you know? just, that's a that's a that's a prime lineup to be in the top yeah. six of yeah so it's hard it's i wouldn't say he's the best canadian ever um but he's but he got the time and he's got the room mm -hmm. yeah 
But I think yeah. if you had to line up every Canadian who's ever competed and all the all of their physiques, I think yeah. one of Fuad's might be the best, most complete, most conditioned, most detailed. Right. Yeah, no, I agree yeah. with that. And maybe sometimes just because I'm a junkie Fuad fan since I was young. So I yeah. won't tell him that now. I'm denying yeah. this. It's okay. He doesn't watch supported. the show. Absolutely not. He rarely has me on. So <laughs> <laughs> He only had me on once on like episode three. Yeah, like well, he had to warm like up. He wanted kids. to make sure before it got good. Yeah. If you know, he didn't even put it on YouTube. See, I get asked last minute because he knows <laughs> I got nothing to do. He's like, "Fuck, Dusty, do this." Um, <laughs> so, all right, here I'm gonna. I like this. I don't have to share or nothing. Hmm. What's one thing the pandemic has taught you slash brought to you that you're thankful for? Ninety-five percent of the stuff you're concerned with. Think about and worry about does not fucking matter at all. You know what matters? You find out real quick when a pandemic hits and they start closing everything and start taking everything away from you. True. Realize what matters. I need a gym. I need my girlfriend. I need a grocery store. I don't need anything else. Yeah. Perfectly happy for the entire fucking time with those three things. Yeah, I I realized quickly that my anti-socialism just set me up perfectly. I was like, oh, I already do this. Um, <laughs> Y'all should have been with me. Yeah, just you know the it. I think it 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 filtered, it filtered everything for me, and it made making decisions much easier. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've had to make some very tough decisions this year, uh, the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. And you realize that you don't have time to fuck around Mm -hmm. and you have to be decisive and you have to be committed. And, uh, and you know what? You can figure it out later. It might not be perfect, but you'll figure it out as you go. Get fucking going. You know what I mean? No, for sure. 2020 has been 2020 has been all about. Yeah. I think it definitely is, uh, least i mean i'm I'm kind of talking for you and your and your and and the guys that own the gym too is you guys have been like forced to make moves no one's ever made yeah there's not a fucking rule book for what you guys are doing (laughs) i mean that goes for everybody but i'm talking about you like there was no like oh by the way if there's a pandemic and they want to shut the gym down here's what you do (laughs) I'm sorry, yeah, and when they open, when they open with restrictions, here's how you handle it. Yeah, yeah, no, there hasn't been any of that. You had to figure it out as you go. And uh, you know what else it taught me? Um, nobody is coming to save you. True. And that is something that my dad used to say. He's like, don't ever think that you can get a college degree and grab a government job and just cruise through life because you might be able to. But all it takes is a budget cut and your office is closed and you're fucking unemployed. And it's like, mm-hmm. try to make something, try to find your own way. Like he used to tell me that all the time. No one's coming to save you. No one cares if you're going broke. Like, and my dad also, you know, growing up on a farm, there was a lot of stuff the government did that really, you know, pissed my parents off and massive yeah. taxes and all sorts of crazy shit. And they would just say like, you know, no one really is, is here to help you. You know, the whole line, what's the biggest lie in the world? I'm yeah. And I'm here to help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Run, run. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ever count on the government. Don't ever look to them for help. They might help you. There might be yeah. some help, but don't, don't count on it. You have to be proactive. Yeah, no, it's, 
That's that's definitely the same. And and I think I definitely realized that a lot of the decisions I had made that I didn't think of ended up being really positive. You know, right. like where you didn't even realize you were setting yourself up to be prepared for something like this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and all the way down to for me, simple relationships. And I think that that's a a huge thing is even when the world started shutting down, I had a lot of open doors that were locked for everybody else. And I'm not just talking about the gym. I mean, everything. It's kind of like, oh, well, remember you helped me 12 years ago. So if you need this, I mean, all the way down to medications and shit, getting into doctors, like it got a little sketchy down here and it was like a phone call away from me. I'm like, yeah, it makes you appreciate things. Shit. Yeah, for sure. And people like, damn. <laughs> And also, too, you know, uh, I think there were a lot of people who, you know, up in Canada, people were getting a Serb, the Serb check, you know, right. they were getting, uh, you know, two grand every couple of weeks or whatever the fuck it was to just stay right. at home. And which is great that the government stepped up and helped a lot of people because, I mean, it, fuck, what a terrible situation. But there were a lot of people that were that I talked to, I'd be like, so what have you been up to? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm on Serb, so I've just been, you know, hanging out. And I'm like, okay, well, if you're on Serb, you have a lot of free time. Like, are you hustling some side business? Are you starting an internet yeah. thing? What are, are you, you doing to build? Yeah. Are you buying and flipping stuff off eBay? Are you, like, I thought about starting to, like, build bikes and sell them just for fun because I was on those bike sites all code, you know? Right. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, and uh, uh, it's, it's it, it, I mean, the people that didn't, start anything even when it was just for fun like even just picking up a new hobby like i'm gonna learn guitar i mean you know the old joke uh make sure you learn a second language just shut down you know like right yeah that whole thing but i mean i can't imagine just just stopping and just chilling on the couch i can't even fathom that and i think that there's a lot of people that should regret that oh i think a lot of people do i know here because i've had a few friends that own businesses where people accepted kind of stepping away thinking the government was going to save them. And here our government really didn't do dick. Was, here's um, $600 to go fuck yourself. Yeah. They got, I mean, I think, I think cause I got none. Um, yeah, I didn't but, take any money from the government either. Yeah, me neither. But I think 1800 was like the max that anyone got this year. And I'm thinking, well, what the fuck would that do? See, we were getting, I think the people here were getting that like every two weeks. <laughs> See, and that, you know, what's crazy is, I what wish. do you fucking live on? What is your what is your Ameri- what does the American government expect your citizens to live on? That's I don't fuck. think I don't think they do. I think the, I mean truthfully the the long term idea here is if if you need someone you accept less. But the other problem is is people who didn't and I know a lot of people are going to argue this but I don't need twelve hundred dollars and I don't like anything that feels like I'm getting hooked. So it's not, I mean, here, I mean, truthfully, because of how they did it on taxes, it wasn't an option for me, but even if it was, I'm like, it sounds yeah. like a trap. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. you're telling me I can just have this. That's it. Don't ever tell me I can have 1200 bucks. Yeah. What's the catch? Yeah. <laughs> like when, when does this come back to bite me in the ass? But yeah, I have actually no friends that people who step back and then they're like, oh, can I have my job back? I'm like, well, it's filled. Yeah. By someone who wanted to work. Yeah. (laughs) How did you think this should work out? Because they did unemployment. And then when they had the opportunity, because there was unemployment here, obviously pretty drastic. When they had the opportunity to come back between unemployment and everything, it was kind of close. So a lot of people said, no, I'll just kind of ride this out. And then when they needed to come back, they were shocked that their job was filled. Yeah. 
A lot of people did that here too. Like, why would I work? You're like, wow, you serious? It's like you want to work so that you're not a part of the system because the system's going to stop. Yeah. You don't want to be in the system when it stops. (laughs) Now what? Oh, and and by the way, there's less jobs available because half of the world shut down. Yeah. Now your job's gone, right? Yeah. Or the entire business. So yeah, no, it's it's been nuts. But uh, that's a good question, man. I like when people ask something to want to spin it positive because I went to the mall over the weekend, and I'll be honest, I don't want to go out with normal people anymore. Uh, <laughs> because it's enhanced. I didn't realize how bad it is here because I, you don't think about it, but you're only around people like you. Mm-hmm. So we're like think the same, talk the same, walk the same. Went to the mall, and I was like, oh, I'm the minority. Like by a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, the fear is in the eyes. And I'm like, I halfway believe you, but you're also at the mall spending money. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. (laughs) All right, let's see here. Uh, Oh, boy. Why use pink salt also, intra or (laughs) pre-workout? Why use pink salt? It happened because someone asked about ingredients that I use in an intra. Ah, okay. I use Himalayan pink salt because right. it's what I have in my house. Right. So, so yeah, <laughs> not the whole because thing's magic. Yeah. I should have probably just used the word sodium. It's but. yeah, no, just just some good sea salt. Um, yeah. It's funny because uh, when Ben Pikulski did a seminar here at the gym, someone asked him about Himalayan sea salt, and he's actually not a fan of it. Right. Because he goes, oh, it's it's actually got there's actually like because you know Ben's really big on the plastics. Right. He said something about Himalayan sea salt has like a trace plastic in it. Right. And so he's real big on not, and he didn't really like it. He likes like a white sea salt. Right. And uh, <laughs> I will here specify, but it was like, because I'm doing my answers verbal now. So right. I say what I do and don't even, I, literally, as soon as I read that question, I was like, oh shit. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> it doesn't have to be that one. <laughs> it's one, a good, a, a good sea salt is, is awesome. Um, now, correct me if I'm wrong, Dusty, but I'm under the impression that sea salt is actually more than just sodium. There's all yeah. sorts of minerals in there. You know, there's yeah. some magnesium in there. There's all sorts of stuff in there because it's sea mineral, essentially. Ant, anti-cramp uh, device is kind of, you know what I mean? <laughs> blood volume device. It's yeah, a I blood mean, volume supplement. They could, I could actually repackage that under Dusty yeah. Hanch supplement line and sell well, it's it. all the electrolytes that we need, you know, and that's why you want to put it in your, uh, your pre or your intra or just maybe you're good using plenty of it on your pre-workout meal. That might be enough for you. Um, but yeah, big guy who's hydrating a lot and go back to my almond reference. It takes a <laughs> lot of water to grow an almond and it's the same with muscle, you know? So, uh, I said to someone the other day, I go, think of the Amazon river, like all that water flowing down that river with, but all that stuff growing around it. Right. That's your muscle. So it, you have to, you have to run a river of water through your body to grow all that muscle. People need to realize that, you know, all these guys that are like, Oh, I drink a liter a day. Like that's why you make no gains and your workouts suck. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, cause I've been kind of accidentally, you ever notice you, you push with your clients or just in your talking the basic shit that no one's listening to. Cause mm-hmm. that's the key. It's like, it's not you know, what, what what I do is I, I have a meal two hours before and I salt the hell out of everything um, and not for enjoyment just because I know what it does. Then on the way to the gym, I will typically drink a full liter because mm-hmm. a 20 minute drive. And then during the workout, I don't drink quite as much. Right. Right. Because I've already kind of slammed a ton. I sip on an EAA, you know, sea salt kind of mix, but I might drink half of it. 
Yep. And I, I'll like guzzle the rest afterwards if I have yeah. left. Yeah. Slam it and done. But, but it is that important. And the funny thing is a challenge for everybody that's listening. If you question it, let yourself be your normal look your normal, uh, water levels and, and sodium and everything for three days, take a picture. Now do what I'm saying, double down, drink two gallons of water. Um, you know, bring all these things in take a picture three days after that in yeah. the morning, you yeah. will look better. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a must, which throws people off since then the next thing they hear before shows that we dehydrate <sighs> <laughs> carefully, carefully. Okay. Let's see here. Ah, this is a good one for you because you've done it at a higher level than I have. Hardest part of pushing up weight past those comfortable marks. What do you mean marks? Like just being uncomfortable. I mean, to get to 330, you were probably uncomfortable at 315. Oh, body weight. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I never really thought about it. Like being uncomfortable never ever even factored in to whether I was going to continue or not. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that because it's it's painfully accurate. Do you know it never crossed my mind? Like people say, oh yeah, I got to 240 and that was just too much. I had to stop. And I'm like, yeah, I I didn't cross my mind to stop. I got to like, you know, 300 and I got to 310, I got to 320, I got to 330. And I just kept thinking like, like oh, I'm just going to, keep going like right it's never occurred to me to that that being uncomfortable was enough of a reason to like stop because i i never thought it was supposed to be comfortable you know it just right. made me look forward to dieting that's all well didn't you find though um and i hate leading a question so blatantly but did you have numbers for yourself like for example where when you first started the first time we got to 260 was very uncomfortable or 280 oh, yeah. and then 300. Yeah. Because people will ask that to me now and they're like, oh, you say you're so comfortable at 280. God, what is that like? Because I joke that I'm like a ninja because I'm light. Yeah. But I remember when 250 was terrible. Yeah. So I remember the first time I hit 300, it was like a real like Burger King and D-ball, you know, and, <laughs> and, 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 and just like ramming junk calories and feeling like garbage and just trying to get heavier. Cause I thought I just, there's gotta be some muscle in there somewhere. Right. And, uh, and then versus like, you know, fast forward 10 years later and I'm like, you know, 300 pounds, you know, on my low dose cruise in between cycles. And I, you know, feel small, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, you know, going up the stairs, no problem. And, <laughs> That's what I mean. You're, you have 300 so pounds, changes, you feel yeah. phenomenal. It changes, Where, yeah. Whereas early on, yeah, because that's I've always found that's an interesting thing. Like you're curious what that will be again. It's funny because I I I you know with Christmas and stuff like I sort of went off the diet last week. Kind of ate a bunch like extra food. I was still eating all my clean meals. It was still like you know ninety percent clean, but I had like three extra meals, mm-hmm. and my weight hit two sixty. Right, and I like felt big. I was like, God, I fucking got like a crazy pump. Fuck. Training was a little different that week. (laughs) Yeah, it's just funny, you know? So, yeah, it is a perception and what you're used to and everything. It's interesting how it works. I like that, though, because that's a a really solid answer is forget about it. I mean, as long as you don't feel unhealthy, uncomfortable doesn't fucking matter. I mean, isn't that kind of the goal of everything we do? 
Like if you're not uncomfortable, are you growing? Whether it's in the gym, whether yeah. it's at the table, whether yeah. you're getting ready for a show. I mean, if I was ever dieting and felt good, I'd be nervous. <laughs> oh fuck. Okay, no, dumb. Don't ask me what's the best cycle stack you've ever used. It's stupid. I have to say that out loud. Sorry. Um. Hmm. Does Ron use anabolic square plates? Uh, yeah, very often. Very often I, I do. My square plates have rounded corners, but they're still, still very, still, they're still very square. Yeah. And they're sort of dished a little. So there's a lot of sauce containment if I have pasta. Nice. They're not like, you know, you know, you have a plate that's too flat. It doesn't do you any favors. You know, like a little bit, like a Especially little bit. Especially if you of, like put it on the table and you go to lean it down, it shit spills out the side. Yeah. 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 So of course the square plate is, is always going to be the gold standard. Um, I love that, that shit you know, is food exploded. consumption. Um, I will occasionally, if I have a let's say I'm having a smaller meal, like I'm just having some egg whites before bed. Mm-hmm. I sometimes will use a round plate because I don't have a lot of food, just egg whites. I kind of like the aesthetics of a round plate if there's only one item on it. But once there's more than one item, the roundness really affects me. I can't handle it. See, that makes sense. It's funny to think about that, but it actually makes sense. You're like, how am I supposed to quarter this off if half is protein and a quarter is this and a quarter is that? <laughs> There's only one item on it. A round plate is fine. It actually is okay. <laughs> I just flatten it and make it evenly distributed around the edges. Ron has brought to life a reason that a, a round plate works. <laughs> it can it actually work. is funny because people will send me, they, they tag me and they'll even say like, hey, sorry, it's not a square plate. And I look at it and I'm like, it does look good, but it it kind of looks a mess. I don't know. <laughs> Something about it. I'm gonna work out a deal with Bath and Body where if you mention Dusty Handshot, you get a discount <laughs> on your square plates. Yeah, so I there think you go. I think the amount of people I could send them, we could probably work something out here. Uh, <laughs> they come in, they're like, I need the fucking gains. Yes. Okay. Let's see. Oh. Well, this is important, so I guess I'm gonna ask you this because you mean the getting... square plates weren't important. We're going not more important? well. This no. This this goes with it. Okay. You finished the anabolic meal on a square plate. It was a fucking proper division plate. While taking a big shit, do you flush it after every part or just everything at the end? Oh yeah. So the 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 flushing all depends on. Well, if I'm in my own house. Which you should I, be if you're shitting. I should ahead. do if you're shitting because that's how humans should live. No one should live any other way. No. Um, weird. So uh, I just get it all done and uh, do it all at once. You commit. Uh, yeah, I commit. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously, let's say we uh, I think there's any threat uh, that anyone else might need that bathroom within, say, a 45 minute window. Yeah. Uh, and I might elbow I might elbow flush a couple times, you know, right, the courtesy, 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 a little courtesy. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. That's you key. Know. I'm a nice yeah. person. I'm just not yeah. going to like, you know alter my ways too much not at home i mean jed's fine with it yes yes <laughs> he's fine he just stares at me let's see Ooh, that's just it's tough to answer shelf subs too long we're, we're, oh uh okay favorite leg movements let's do two for quads two for hams hack squats for sure yep i i i honestly think like like, yeah, I know, hooray for squats, and I squatted a lot, and I repped five plates when I was younger, and all the squats are important and all that stuff. But I think that the leg press and the hack squat are extremely 
versatile and valuable tools that you should learn to take full advantage of in a multitude of ways. And, and, and if you have a leg press and a hack squat, there's nothing stopping you from getting a big set of fucking legs. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. What about, what about your hams? Um, a curl and a hip extension movement and the best hip extension movement is barbell stiff legged. So you need, uh, you need a, either a lying leg curl, uh, which I think is probably my favorite. Um, a good seated is also good. You come out of a stretch position, so it's actually a great exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're going to do a stiff leg deadlift, that's already a stretch position. So I think you probably would want like a lying leg curl where you get a little more contraction. Mm-hmm. Um, you get both ends of the, you know, so a lying leg curl really gets a good, pretty short hamstring. And mm-hmm. the stiff leg deadlift loads it in the in a the biggest stretch, and it's the best way to load it. So yeah. those would be the two kings of hamstring development, in my my opinion. Kind of put everything else, kind of make everything else look secondary. Yeah, I think you can literally. Uh, I think I could walk into a gym and annihilate my hamstrings with uh, uh, RDL and be done. Yeah, they're very simple. You know, I mean, go in blast because I've been doing them now first. So I do a adductor that kind of gets everything moving for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. and then get right down to dirty with the RDLs. And then when I get over to do my lying leg curl, the mind-muscle connection is so sharp that if I cheat even a little lifting my hips, I feel it. Yeah. So I can better pinpoint, you know, because you know that a lying leg curl, is, it's almost as bad as a, as a uh, lateral raise as far as how many people fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. Because they think I- it's easy – and I see them lifting their hips super high. And I'm watching the low back, the glutes, everything and but the hamstring it, work. It, it is essentially easy to make the hamstring do like 70% of the mo- movement. Mm-hmm. Like if your leg, if your leg folds over, I mean, your hamstring did a lot of contracting. But if you're trying to like load the fuck out of your hams, you have to have your hips locked in a, in a you know, not, mo- not moving and, you know, everything nice and solid. So, yeah, but you're doing them right is a different story. Yeah, I've, I, I got obsessive a couple of years ago because my hams are just terrible. Uh, I had to go backwards and say, okay, I'm moving a lot of weight, but what's moving it? Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, I start focusing on lifting my knees at the top to pin right, my hips. Yeah, like, like on you a know? leg extension where you try to lift your thigh up. Yeah, so yeah. same thing, opposite direction. I'm using half the weight and the hams start growing. And then being patient, now you're, I'm back up to using the stack. Mm-hmm. correctly and oh shit i have a hamstring right unbelievable uh-oh i have a terrible workout partner oh would you rather have a terrible workout partner your whole life at the best gym or the best workout partner at a planet fitness well i mean does planet fitness have free weights i don't even know are they just all machines i think they i mean here's the problem i mean i if the rules stay at Planet Fitness, it's not going to work because you can't yeah. deadlift, you can't do all, all that. Yeah, yeah. There, then it then it becomes it. like, I, then you just sort of like keep your headphones on and ignore your partner and try to just sort of like get around them. I guess if you're trapped with them, so it, it's an interesting question. But I I think that the fact it's a Planet Fitness sort of makes it impossible to train properly. Yeah, I agree. I think Plus, if, if the if the question was worded different, like. Just say like a great a mediocre gym. Yeah. Yeah. Mediocre gym. Then yeah. I'd be like, oh, that all day long. Like, yeah. you know, I'd rather train like if I was a kid trying to be a bodybuilder and I could train with you at Dante's basement. Right. Or I could train at like 
Bev's with some shithead guy who's just talking all the time and blah, 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 <laughs> never focused and late for workouts and doesn't spot me right and all that, then, yeah, I mean, it's it's a easy, easy answer. Yeah, I think, you know, what's funny, and I, you and I discussed this already, is the pandemic put me in a smaller gym with less things. Right. And and now I used to travel all over for, for equipment just because I could. Now I don't. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. everything I need, and I realize that now, and... Now that we've added five whole pieces of equipment, I feel like I'm in fucking heaven. <laughs> so it's a different ball game for sure. But yeah, plus I think what I would do if I had a terrible partner that wouldn't leave though is I'm really good at being a terrible person to someone if I, <laughs> I wanted can them to drive people out of my life. Like no one you've ever you met. out. <laughs> Eventually you will stop talking. No one makes me people feel more unwelcome than I. <laughs> Yes. I will find a way. You will be mute while you're there with humiliate me. Humiliate and hurt you. <laughs> it's so bad. It's true. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I can make you stop coming. Don't worry. <clears throat> okay. Uh, I think we've got time for one more. Yes. Should you only increase food when weight increasing stalls in the off season, or do you keep pushing no matter what? That one seems obvious to me, but okay. Well, yeah. You, I mean, you don't. You don't. I mean, I don't think you increase food if your weight's going up already, because yeah. you're just probably going to get fat faster. So, yes. you, yeah, you want to, you know, in the off season, the scale has to be part of your data, you know, your strength, your workout quality, which obviously strength and workout quality are dictated by recovery. So if you don't have to think too much about recovery, like that's why I said I don't really think about recovery, because yeah. I don't think about recovery. I think about How's, how's my strength? How's my workout quality? How's my motivation? Because those things all tell you if you're recovering. Yeah. So as long as those are great um, and and your weight's moving up, you don't need to add food. Like you're on a roll. That's, that's yeah. and that's, you know, that whole surf the curve thing. Like just fucking stay on that wave, stay on that wave, you know? Yeah. I think the, the key is too, because I know you deal with this with clients is sometimes they want to change just because we haven't changed in a minute. Yeah. But it's like the the change is how you're looking. You're yeah. consistently getting better. And also understanding that if you're gaining more than a pound or so a week, we're getting fat. Like, well, I had a client say to me the other day, he goes, I don't really feel like I'm changing. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, I'm just not changing. And I'm like, you were 182. Now you're 188. You were inclined hammer pressing three plates. Now you're inclined hammer pressing three plates and a 35. <laughs> what are you looking for? <laughs> He's got a real bad shoulder, so he doesn't do any free weights, right? So we're kind of yeah. using the hammer incline as like a real base yeah, exercise. Base. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. You know, and I'm like, your hack squat is up 25 pounds a side, and it's better, and you slowed it down, and you go deeper. <laughs> it's a totally different movement now, actually. And he's like, yeah, but I look the same. I'm like, you're off season. Yeah, it doesn't. You don't. You don't get the gratification. Like of a the photos don't show. Like it's not like oh, 182 and then 188 is just a staggering difference. It's not like that at all. It's like <laughs> the pictures are gonna kind of look the same for a long time. It's 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 when you get to 195 that they look different than 182. And even then, like, you would have to put them next to each other. Yes, and then the lighting isn't quite the same, and some of them are from farther away, and so it's just it's it's yeah. You gotta. I like the test of the fact that people will tell you. Yeah. You know, I remember I did a push a couple of years ago and I knew, I mean, I knew I was climbing obviously, but I didn't know how much until uh, Matt was gone for a month. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> and he came back and he's like, what the fuck? What and the I'm fuck like, happened? You're what? Like, and I didn't know what we were talking about because he just said it. And he's like, how much have you gained? So I went back and looked. I was like, oh, and careful guys. I'm not talking all muscle here before I finish the sentence. It was up like 18 pounds. Right. And I was like, oh shit, I guess that's more than I thought. Cause yeah, you see, you see that in a hoodie, you see 18 yeah. pounds in a hoodie. on a guy like you, 18 pounds in a hoodie is like an extra level. Yeah. You're thrown up there. But again, when you're every day and you're searching for the change, unlike yeah. prep where every five minutes you see a change. Yeah. yeah it's not the same. Hold so, your horses. I yeah. used to not even look at myself off season. I just look at my abs. Right. And I'd measure my leg with a tape. I was obsessed with that for years. I'd be like, okay, Ooh, 30.5. Okay, they're getting big. And right. then I just look at my abs. I still have four abs. Let's order pizza. <laughs> Fucking gold. You know? <laughs> I think we need to double down. I'm, I'm seeing that fifth and sixth trying to come back through. But I'm going to drink some egg whites with the pizza, so it'll be like, it'll be a really proper meal. Anabolic. It's fucking you know, anabolic. Anabolic as fuck, man. For sure. Well, look at that. Because I saved you with yeah, this 30 was, minutes of banter. The, my, my horrible job with Clarita was, I don't even know, would I just edit that out and do a 30-minute Q&A with you? So, oh, I'm uh, actually stoked to watch this, though, because uh, I was disappointed, but just just more or less because I, I I just wanted to hear. So now I get to be a fan and and hear what he felt about this. It went pretty this. well. I, I, you know, as a, I took my skills as a serious interviewer. I watched nice. some interviews with, I watched an interview with Howard Stern on, you know, his his favorite questions he's asked. And, uh, oh, boy, you asked him his favorite sexual positions? <laughs> oh, kidding. shit. <laughs> no, uh, but I, it, he was awesome, man. Sean was awesome. He really opened up. He nice. uh, really opened up, and he gave he gave the fans and the people that watch our show, he gave them a really great look into what uh, the last little while has been like for him, obviously, the win. And um, he, he, he opened his head and... That's showed awesome, us what man. he could. So I'm looking forward to what everybody thinks about it, including you, Dusty. I'm actually going to write a review on this one. Okay. okay. I want to <laughs> see comments on YouTube. Yeah, I'm commenting for sure. So okay. much better without that handshaw on there. Yeah, yeah. There'll be a lot of comments, eh? There'll be a lot of those on there, I guarantee right, you. Right. I, I like, would do that shit if I was a fan. I'm like, fuck this guy for not being on. Best episode ever. Yeah, my, my friends are going to be being the ones doing that shit. You should just get rid of him in general. <laughs> right, right, right. And then I start getting a big head like David Lee Roth when he left Van Halen, you know? It's on my own. We're going to add a thousand, we're gonna add a, a thousand new subs this week because I wasn't on the show. <laughs> okay. Okay, thanks, man. Uh, remember, everybody, like, share, subscribe, comment, ring the bell, tell your friends. Play it in the background for people to hear. Make sure everyone knows it's just bodybuilding.